this is the things that like brands like a Target or, you know, Magnolia or, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines or Patagonia, like they've all done this kind of work before. Someone somewhere along the way said to them, you've got to stop we've got to get clear on where we're going um, and what our voice is and how we're going to communicate with our audience and how we're going to connect the things that we care about and our values to the actual products and services that we're creating. And by doing that, you're able to uh, present things to your community, to your audience, to your customers that they need, want, and desire before they even know they need, want, and need, and want them. After starting her career in New York City, Nikki Aronsman escaped the exhausting city life by moving to Florida and starting a women's activewear brand called Jiva. When she ultimately sold Jiva, Nikki started thinking about what she loved in the process of owning and selling a business and realized that she was truly passionate about the freedom and creativity that came with brand building. You're about to hear how this mama pranista transformed her passion into a new business, launching her brand academy and a one-on-one coaching sessions, and how you can build a thriving business through killer branding. Coming up, Nikki shares why it's important to just start before your business idea loses momentum, how to play to your strengths in building a company, what the process of selling a business really looks like, how to master communication around your brand's mission. And finally, Nikki shares her best tips for building a binge-worthy brand. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Nikki, I am so excited to finally have this conversation with you. It has been a long time in the making, but before we even dive in, I have to fill our listeners in on how we actually, how we actually met because it is I, all I love about, telling this story. <laughs> all about the power of community and groups and networking. Uh, so for our listeners, Nikki and I actually met during the pandemic on Facebook through another community group, I had posted in there that I was looking for recommendations of places to live in Florida. And Nikki, (laughs) you replied and sent me a DM. That's right. Right. That was the story. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always, I always say that I'm always like, she, during the pandemic was like, who lives in Florida? Where are you? And do you like it? And I was, you know, I had moved here from New Jersey years ago and, and I'm like, I'm in Jupiter. I love it. Come here. So Nikki and I were just chatting for about a month. I was sending her listings for places to to live in Florida. She was telling me whether they were good areas or not. And long story short, we picked a house. We moved down here. Nikki and I met up in person a couple of weeks later. And the rest is history. We became fast friends in life and in business. And it's been a a fun few years ever since. I know it feels like it's been a lot longer even than it has been, but I think that's because we talk all the time, like whether it's just life and motherhood and parenting and local events or business stuff. Like, I feel like you and I talk so often, so it feels totally. like it's been years. 
And I feel like we were, you know, kindred entrepreneurista spirits. I remember when we first connected and I shared with Courtney, I'm like, oh my gosh, I just met the most <laughs> awesome mom and entrepreneurista. And we just clicked right off the bat. And I've just been so impressed by your business and everything you've accomplished and your incredible entrepreneurista story. And I'm so excited to share your story with, with all of our listeners and our entrepreneurista league community, because you've been such an incredible resource to our league members as well, when it comes to branding and design, and they've all been so excited to work with you. So all to the power of community and connection, you just have to reach out and ask, and you never know who you will meet and what it can lead to. So Nikki, thanks for being here. I cannot wait to share your incredible story right now. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Like I said, like you said, long time coming. So I'm, I'm happy to finally be here. All right, Nikki, I would love for you to take me back to, you know, the early days. You've had a few businesses now and would love to really hear the evolution of, you know, your first business, Jiva, and how that ended up leading to the business that you're in today. Mm-hmm. I actually, I always like to mention that I've had, I've had like entrepreneurial blood in me for so long. And my first, first ever endeavor into like, I'm going to try my own thing. I was working in uh, New York city at the time in children's sporting goods and like on my lunch break and in the evening got really into making like chapsticks and uh, like these greeting cards and like all of this other stuff. And I opened up an Etsy shop called Clo Naturals and I would make all these different like products. Um, and I would like print my little labels at my other job, like <laughs> during lunch break, like got all the stuff would use our like nice industrial printers and um, create all of this stuff. And I quickly realized I'm like, oh, I, I love this. I create something, I sell it, I make money. I create something, I sell it, I make money. And I'm like, that was my first introduction into like, oh, this is how I could like run my own thing. And um, that kind of like dissipated over time. But yeah, I was working in New York City. I left that job. Um, I, I actually came down to visit my family in Florida and my family was all living in this Jupiter area. And I came down here and I remember feeling like, I'm really tired of like rushing, like all over New York City, like waking up, it's dark, you know, trucking to my job. I was working on 31st and 5th, like trucking to my job, taking a bus, walking, all the things. I'd get out of that job. I would then go to yoga, leave yoga, it'd be dark again. And I'm like, this is like, this is tough. So I came down to visit my family in Florida and I found a yoga studio here. And I was like, okay, I'm going to uh, go check it out. So I went and checked it out and they had a yoga teacher training coming up. And I, you know, my mom was definitely like, nudging me like you should come and live down here you know and I really didn't have like much of a savings and you know I was just living that like New York lifestyle you're like yeah. running all over making your money spending it faster than you can even make you it. got it <laughs> yeah like you know the deal so um you know I was 21 at the time 21 or 22 so long story short I ended up coming going back to New York told my boss, like, I'm going to, I'm going to be leaving. Ironically, she was like telling me she was going to be leaving too. And I was like, okay. So we both left the company. I moved to Florida and I started the yoga teacher training, um, at the yoga studio. And while I was in that, I was like, I, 
you know, I've always been like fashion forward, my background, my um, grandmother owned a boutique, my mom was the buyer, they traveled all over and had this boutique for like 15 years in New Jersey. And so I grew up kind of like hanging out in the like back seamstress area of the boutique my whole life. So I really wanted to like be a fashion forward yogi. You know, I wanted to teach yoga. I wanted to have the nice yoga pants. This was like just when like yoga wear was really becoming popular. So I started sewing my own leggings because again, like I didn't have this savings and I really couldn't afford like $120 Lululemon, like yoga pants at the time. So I started sewing my own and people were asking me where I got them from. And I, I literally like YouTubed how to sew leggings. And like, you are, you are so crafty <laughs> and, uh, you have all of the skill sets that I do not have. So I always uh, love watching everything that, that you create. <laughs> well, it's so funny because I just was having a conversation with someone earlier about how you do things in your life. And then, you know, months or years later, you look back and you're like, how did I do that? Like, <laughs> what fire was lit in me at that time to like be able to even accomplish that. And I think that about this story, I remember like staying up late, piecing, taping together. Cause I didn't have like these giant sheets of paper to make patterns, but the YouTube video told me I needed to make a pattern. So I like taped all this stuff together, like cut a pair of leggings that I liked open, laid them down, like created a pattern and started sewing. And then, you know, let's just fast forward a couple of months. People were asking me, I'm like, Hey, like my background is in product development. That was what I was doing in New York was product development for children's sporting goods. And before that it was in women's accessories, designing scarves. And we had both jobs had manufacturers overseas. So I was very comfortable with communicating with manufacturers. I knew the lingo. I could like make my way talking with the manufacturer. So after hand sewing a whole bunch of products, we quickly like whipped up a, when I say we, I ended up looping, like pulling my younger sister into this endeavor. And I was like, you got to do this with me. Um, so like created this brand Jiva, did a brand identity quickly, built a Squarespace shop was actually the first platform we were on and um, created a Squarespace store got all of these leggings up on the site. And like, we were just selling them like crazy. Like we couldn't sew fast enough to sell these leggings. And the whole time, like this was in 2013. So Mm -hmm. eight, nine years ago, social media, as you know, was like, just really getting started. Like it was around, but it wasn't, businesses weren't like flourishing on there just yet. Influencers were like just kind of becoming a thing. Um, And so I just started documenting the whole process of sewing, of cutting, of the brand, of the website, all of it. And then we ended up getting a manufacturer here in South Florida and just started creating, like we found certain fabrics we liked and started creating product and it was just selling quickly. And we got into influencer stuff and you didn't even really have to pay them at the time. You just would give them some product. They were excited to get product and would wear it and sell out. And it just sort of then became this, its own like living, breathing thing. And Jiva, that was the beginning of it. What were some of the early learning lessons from starting that business and what happened with the company? Yeah. So I think the biggest lesson like earlier on, as I like reflect back is 
so many things could have stopped me from doing it. You know, like I didn't, I didn't know how to sew, like that could have held me back. Or, um, I was brand new in Florida. Like I didn't know many people here. I didn't have like a huge community to support buying it. Those are just like two examples of things that could have stopped me. And the fact that I just started and did it is like the number one thing, right? Like we have an idea and we might sit on it for so long until it like loses its like momentum. So just keep moving forward. And if you have an idea, just start it because you really truly never know like what it's going to evolve into or who's going to see it or how it's going to take off. And yeah, so we ended up selling the business, um, sold it in 2017. I, got pregnant with my daughter, Coral, and I was really kind of just feeling I wanted more. I don't know. There was definitely so many lessons around financials and I didn't have a business degree. I truly come from like creative design. My degree is in design was what I knew most of. So, you know, if we're to talk about like, what would I have done differently? Like I probably would have like stepped away from CEO and brought and like took on more of the creative brand lead and marketing and like had someone else come in who had business and financial expertise, Mm -hmm. but you know, say lovey, I didn't know these things then. And it's easy for me to like, say that, say that now, It's great to look back on these, you know, earlier experiences, because now in your new business, you know, so much more now than you did when you first started. And look, it's one of the reasons why we launched our Entrepreneurista League community is especially for women who are just starting out. I mean, you know, we have women in all different stages in their business in the league, but when you're first starting out, you don't know what you don't know. And that's why we have podcasts like this for women to listen to, to hear these stories, to hear your learning lessons. I know when we've talked before, when you shared some of your experience with me, I'd love for you to share a bit about the process of selling your business, because, you know, if you don't hear other people's stories and lessons and and talk to other people, it can be an extremely, you know, overwhelming experience. And there's a lot of mistakes to be made and, and ways to, to stop yourself from making some of those mistakes. So I guess what, what did you learn from that process when you went to sell? Yeah, gosh, so much, so much. I, knew nothing about selling a business. And I only wish I could have known that, and maybe they didn't even really exist. Like communities like the league existed, didn't really exist very much then. This is like, you know, five, six years ago. I mean, maybe they did. I wasn't really plugged into them to know, Hey, has anyone sold a business before a clothing line? How would I go about doing this? I literally reached out to people that I knew and said, Hey, I'm thinking about selling this business. And, and actually one of the people that I reached out to was he had a business of his own was actually a, uh, retired orthopedic surgeon who went through the yoga teacher training with me. That was how I knew him. So I knew he just, I knew enough about him that he had uh, business experience and was educated and smart. So I reached out to him, Hey, I'm looking to sell this business. Does, is there anyone that, you know, who might be interested? And long story short, he was the one who ended up purchasing the business because we um, had completely different businesses, but a very similar audience who cared about health and wellness, et cetera. Um, so I ended up selling the business, uh, to him, but it was a great decision. Like 
no regrets. It was a great decision. I, I, I see the way the universe supported that and like facilitated that sale happening the way that it did. Um, but you know, in hindsight, there are so many resources and places that you could go like the league and, you know, these other networking communities to be able to find other people who have done something like you're trying to do, because looking back, we had a really amazing, amazing business and in a strong network of customers and a strong network of wholesalers and retailers um, that we, you know, probably could have made more had we not rushed it and didn't just jump on the first thing and like waited it out. So my recommend, my like biggest tip, if you're thinking about selling your business or you're, you know, it's maybe even a part of your exit plan is to to have patience, have patience. Don't be in a rush about it. Make smart decisions along the way. And definitely like hive mind it, find other people who have sold businesses before and can give you an advice. Our sale went really smooth, was really easy, really smooth, but it was not, I don't think it was the smartest thing, like the smartest sale that could have been made. And, you know, looking back. That that's really great advice that you just shared. And I'll just jump in and add just from so many of my conversations with other business owners and, and the process for, for selling a business, of course, as Nikki shared, talk to other people who have been through it before, hear their learning lessons, what went well, what they wish had gone another way. And there's also, you know, there's business brokers that are out there. There's investment Mm -hmm. bankers, there's companies that specialize in, in helping you sell your business. And you really need to vet those companies or bankers that you're working with as well, because they all have different deals and terms. You also, if you're putting your business up for sale, you want to be sure that you're getting a few different offers and you can see what the best fit is. Um, So if our listeners who are thinking about selling your business or you're making a plan ultimately to sell your business, have those conversations with, with other people and definitely, you know, do, do your researching and get information up front because there it's definitely a learning process for sure. Yes, that I can stand behind 1000%. (laughs) Nikki, so tell me what happens next. You sell the business, you have Mm. Coral, and now you are in a different business, similar to what you were doing before with the same skill set, but you have grown a whole new company since then. How did that happen? Yeah, I, you know, I sold the business we finalized the sale like a month before Coral was born. So then it was like new mom, you know, enjoying parenthood, just navigating like what being a mom means. And I really kind of selling, selling Jiva and deciding to sell it. And then figuring out what I was doing next was such an inner journey that I like just did not even expect to take of like peeling back the layers of what did I love so much about that business, right? Why did I want to sell it? What were my favorite parts about it? What was I good at? What wasn't I good at? Like really kind of getting brutally honest with myself about what I was wanting to create moving forward. It took me time, but I really kind of, I really figured out I loved connecting with women and I loved hearing their story and seeing them feel like confident and courageous. And this happened for me through that business two ways. One was through our customers themselves, right? So seeing them put on leggings or whatever, you know, 
the loungewear, whatever it was, and feeling comfortable in their skin or feeling motivated to go work out, right? I would get fueled from that. And then the other part was most of our business was wholesale. So I dealt with a lot of women entrepreneurs who were running yoga studios or opening a fitness studio or had a boutique and got to kind of look at the way they were building their businesses and how we got to help support them doing that by having our product. So I knew that I wanted to be working with female entrepreneurs in some capacity. So I, then I looked at, wow, like Jiva became its own living, breathing brand, you know, like there wasn't even, I could pull back and we had such an amazing customer base, um, such great user generated content, like, you know, so much happening that it was really ahead of my time. Like I didn't even really know I was doing what I was doing at the time. And I realized like, dang, I really love brand building. And it really, really tied back into my degree of graphic design, you know, marketing and web development. And so I just kind of went back to my roots. Like I just said, put my feelers out of like, Hey, are, are there any, um, I reached out to my network of people I had from Jiva, um, anyone who would like some like brand strategy or brand identity support in growing your brand. And of course I had like a couple people who were like, yeah, they saw what I did with Jiva. So that's how I really kind of kicked it off. And since then, it's now been almost four years. It's been like a refining process of niching organically, figuring out what I like doing, um, figuring out where I get the most results for my clients. Um, And that's kind of brought me to where I'm at today. All right, Nikki, I have to share with all of our listeners that you have been such an incredible support helping us with our entrepreneurista brand. So when I tell you ladies that Nikki is the real deal and she knows branding and brand strategy, she, Nikki's actually one of the reasons why we launched the Entrepreneurista League. She encouraged us to, you know, build out this platform and she shared with us all the tools that she was using to build up her platform for her branding courses and community. And Nikki's helped us refine our brand for the league and doing voice workshops. So Nikki, I want to hear from you, you know, what does it look like to, to work with you as a client and what are the different types of, um, you know, offerings that you have now, because I know it's evolved over time. Yeah. Great question. Um, so we are now in in the space of having more of this agency style um, experience when working with us. So I have gotten really clear on the things that I know I'm super good at and have these great partnerships with people that are in their zone of genius. So our focus right now is brand strategy. So this is a 13 part um, system that we take brands through, whether they're just getting started or are five, 10 years down the line and realize like, Hey, we're not connecting with the right kind of clients or we're not getting great engagement. So we go back to the drawing board and we look at what is your vision for the future of this brand? Where do you want to take it? What are your brand core values? What is your value proposition, your brand story, your mission statement, um, your purpose? We go through all of these 13 pieces one by one and really refine it and get get clarity so that as you create content, offer services, new things in your business, moving forward products, um, you're able to do that through the lens of the brand strategy so that you're always 
going and taking steps toward the big picture vision. And if that is an exit plan or that is to be location dependent or independent, whatever it is, um, you make sure that everything that you're doing along the way kind of leads up to that. So the brand strategy stuff is important work because this is the things that like brands like a Target or, you know, Magnolia or, you know, Chip and Joanna Gaines or Patagonia, like they've all done this kind of work before. Someone somewhere along the way said to them, you've got to stop. We've got to get clear on where we're going um, and what our voice is and how we're going to communicate with our audience and how we're going to connect the things that we care about and our values to the actual products and services that we're creating. And by doing that, you're able to uh, present things to your community, to your audience, to your customers that they need, want, and desire before they even know they need, want, and need, and want them. So brand strategy is like one piece, big piece that we work on. The other thing that we work on is brand identity design. I like to always do the strategy before the brand identity design because it does impact what we create what we create there. So the other big piece for us is the brand identity work. And then that's logo, color, palette, font pairings, um, any graphic elements for marketing, social media, et cetera. From there, if you're wanting website design support, we'll support on that. And then we've got great people that we work with to kind of take over, whether it's social media stuff or anything else. No, it's really incredible, the work that you're doing. And I think what's important too is, you have designed, you know, different packages for entrepreneurs at all different phases of their business, because mm -hmm. many of our entrepreneurs who are just starting out might just want to, you know, play around with logo design and colors mm -hmm. and do some experimentation on their own. And you have these like really beautiful templates that can be customized that are at a very affordable price point that they can use. And then you also have the one-on-one -on -one work where entrepreneurs kind of work directly with you to really help you really help them think through their brand strategy and the tone of all of their content. And that's a lot of the work that we've done with you and that we're actually going to be mm -hmm. doing some more, which we, we can't wait for. Yeah. You know, those two things like the brand strategy and the brand design, those are the things that we care about, the things that we know impact the way businesses and brands grow and get themselves out there. Now, the entry point into both of those, we it is it is the purpose in my life to give women, female entrepreneurs, the tools and resources that they need to go out and do the work that they um, feel good about doing in this world so that they can live an abundant life. That is at the core. So we do have, you know, stuff that's $27 for you to just be able to dabble around, start working in some brand identity templates. They're very modern and professional looking, completely customize them. And we've got a great community of support over 6,000 women in this community with uh, other coaches and designers in there to help give feedback. So that's a really easy way for you to get a full like professional online presence. If you're not ready to uh, invest, you know, thousands working with a designer or an agency, whether it's us or someone else, that's a great way to get professional online and feel good. And the thing about, you know, the brand identity, is it's it's fun right like people are like yeah I feel good I'm choosing colors like it's exciting it's got like quote-unquote sex appeal to want you want to like do the brand identity um the strategy work is like 
less exciting for people, but it is so powerful and so impactful. And the brand identity design is often like, that's the permission slip for so many women to start showing up. Mm -hmm. And like we said before, my biggest piece of advice is like, start, like you have to just get out there. And people, women especially don't want to do that and, you know, judge themselves for not looking professional online or feel like, you know, sometimes I think about like, what's like Johnny, who's in my daughter's preschool classes, mom going to think of me if I don't like look a certain way online. And that's the reality as much as we want to avoid, like, well, what's everyone going to think of me when we show up with our best foot forward, you would do the same thing at an interview. You would show up wearing what you feel good in, what gives you the most confidence. And you can, you get to do the same exact thing for your business. Like your brand identity is like dressing the part for what you want to be doing in this world. I love that analogy. That is so true. And you make it, you make it all seem so simple and easy. And when, when people work with you, it is, and again, you know, we've worked with you. So, so we know the process, but I, I just love everything that you've created. And, you know, you just mentioned that you have a community of about 6,000, mostly women who Mm. are using your products and, and services. And I know you, you know, have engaged them through a Facebook group and email. Can you talk a little bit about the process of building a community because something I talk about all the time with our entrepreneurs, no matter what business you're in right now, you have to build a community of, you know, brand evangelists and supporters. And mm-hmm. that's something that we've, you know, of course have done through entrepreneurs, but would love to hear some of the, the tips and best practices that you've used to grow your audience and community. Yeah. My audience and community is, is primarily made up of probably 99.9% women um, who have all purchased my brand identity breakthrough product, which is the logo template system that I was just uh, talking about. And so most of them have purchased that, but as an entry point into our community, and that's mainly how we have grown that community. To keep people engaged, we do run like challenges in there, um, frequent live sessions so that they can learn more about brand strategy. And because everyone, like I said, like the brand identity is like this, it's fun and it's exciting, but it's one of those 13 pieces of the brand strategy. So once they're in the community, we like to educate them on, we're so happy you're working on the brand identity. Here are all the other pieces that are equally as powerful as brand identity. And the beautiful thing is that when all of these things come together, when all the pieces of a brand strategy come together, when the visuals are, you know, symbiotic with the voice and with your brand's core values, et cetera, that's when the real like magic happens of people catching on to what you're doing. Cause people come into the league or come into my community, right. Or finds you or anyone on, on Instagram or Facebook. And essentially what we're doing subconsciously is we're looking at this profile or this community or whatever. And we're saying, are these people for me or not for me? And there's like, maybe like 0.3 seconds to like make that impression. Right. And, and so we want to be, be able to be bringing as much as we can to the table to have someone show up there and say, these are my people, right? Like, these are my people. I want to be a part of whatever it is that Stephanie's creating, you know? Um, so if it's the lead, great, I'm in. And so you want it like the best way to be creating like that sort of like, um, 
binge worthy brand mentality um, is having community is being able to see what other people are doing, being able to connect on that um, same energetic level of like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm also trying to build my business. I just got started. Like, you know, what do you think of this? So we get a lot in our community, we get a lot of um, feedback and design support and wanting to know how does this look? What should I tweak? Like things like that. I love that when you say binge worthy brand, that is just so, so memorable. Don't you have a workshop called binge worthy brands now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a, I have a product called, um, brand strategy blueprint, and that is like the guideline for like the blueprint for building a binge worthy brand. So, you know, I always think like, I want someone to come into my world or someone else's world and like, want to be a part of all the things that you're doing. That's like binge worthy for me is like, yes, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. We, it's like taking the the whole Netflix term and bring, bringing it to, bringing it to the brand. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nikki, if you could go back in time and speak to your 21 year old self, what is one piece of advice you would offer when it really comes to career development or, you know, the journey, the entrepreneurial journey that you've been on? Yeah. Ooh, one part of it is like, I want to say this is not going to go the way that you might feel like it's going to go, but I promise it's going the way that it should go. Um, And I feel like that would be like, I, you know, my, my biggest struggle and also my biggest like achievement has been trusting like myself and trusting my gut and trusting that I'm being supported by God, the universe, whatever it is. And, and that I, every decision that I'm making is like being co-created between like me and all of the people who love and support me. And so, you know, I think there's so many times in like the entrepreneurial journey where you feel like so alone, you know, like you don't have anyone to lean on or anyone to talk to. And you know, like decisions can feel so heavy and so big. And, uh, you know, I think divine timing, trusting, trust your gut, trust your decisions, find people to be around like the league, like, these, you know, it's so important. It's really is so important and invaluable to like have a support system and, and to really just, I wish I could have trusted myself at a younger age mm-hmm. to know that like, you can make these decisions, you can make these big decisions and, um, everything is going to work out like exactly as it should. Absolutely. I feel like Courtney and I say the same thing all the time. Like, you know, it's so great to ask other people for advice and feedback, but ultimately like we know in our heart, like you feel it, you know, what the, what the right choice is for yourself personally, for your business. You just always have to trust that voice and, and listen Mm. to yourself. And, and also just starting, I say the same thing all the time. I feel like constantly in, in every meeting I'm I'm in and every zoom I'm on with our entrepreneurs like just start. And I love that you just make it so easy for these women to just start with their brand because it can be so overwhelming to figure out, you know, how do I make my logo and do a brand strategy? And, you know, if you're not a marketer and that's not your background and you're building, you know, alcohol brand and you mm-hmm. know how to manufacture product, but marketing is not your expertise. Like you need that team. You need the resources. Mm-hmm. We all need to lean in together and help, help one another. So I'm, I'm grateful for all that you've built because it has been yeah. tremendously helpful to us, to, to our community and, what would you say is, you know, something that you've been 
most proud of? I know you've been able to watch so many women launch their brands through all the work that you've helped them create, but, mm. but what are you most proud of? Yeah, I think earlier when I was talking about like how you look back and you're like, how did I do that? Right. Or like, what was I, what was that? I wish I could bottle up that fire and like reignite it when there's times where I'm feeling like unmotivated or like uninspired. I think I'm most proud of like my willingness to like try new things. Like that maybe has comes with like, I have a pretty high risk tolerance. Like I'm okay with trying. I like to even what we were just talking about that's related to this is like the worst, if you don't just start, then you don't ever get to know what you would have, what would have happened. Right. So that's like a zero, let's just say, right. It's like, you didn't try it. So it's a zero. And then like, if you try it and it doesn't work out, it's a zero, like, okay, you tried it. It didn't work out. But if you try something and it does work out, like that's a one and you get to like, keep moving forward. So there is, I'm always, I'm really proud of like my ability to see things simple in that way of like, if this doesn't work, it's okay. It's not like the end of everything. Cause I'll just start again. Yep. They're all, and so all learning lessons. Yeah. Like that. I think that like, I'm just most proud of that. Like, I don't know where that came from and if it's just like in my DNA, but like, I do feel like it is a learned thing that can happen over time. Um, you know, when, when things like you get rejected or it doesn't work out or, you know, I've launched like so many things that have had no one sign up or like, you know, one person. And I'm like, dang, I wanted like 50 or like whatever it is. Or, you know, I've created products, manufactured hundreds of units of, of like product goods that had to like literally go in the trash. Like literally we have to throw these in the garbage. Like, so, you know, how, how made, do you, how do you keep going in those moments? Is it something like you said, like you've just learned over time to just keep going. Like it is what it is, move forward. Or like when those things would happen to you in the early days, were you more emotional mm -hmm. then about those hard times? I have like something in me where I'm like, it's not a big deal. Yep. Like, and, and that maybe that comes from like, I'm really good at compartmentalizing, like what really, really matters, right? Mm -hmm. Like it matters that like my family is healthy and like we have a safe, sacred environment to be in and that like we're gonna survive, right? And I, I, I come from like, my mom primarily raised me like she's my mom very much has like a figure figure outable mentality, like we're gonna make it work. And so I definitely was raised with that, like that just sort of like fight in me that like, I don't, I don't like, I moved all of our manufacturing in one shot to this guy in Mexico. Okay. I don't know, whatever I did. They messed up everything, like everything. We had like $500,000 on pre-order that we had to like tell all of our retailers, like we don't have it because it's like not good. And we are not going to put it on the shelves. And like, I remember, so like, just to take me back into that feeling, like, I remember being like, shit, like this is it, you know, like there's no way we're like recovering from this. And I like quickly just went into like solution mode, you know, yeah. like, all right, we're going to 
trash all of this. We're going to like go back to our old manufacturer, have them produce a small run of product for us. Like in the quickest turnaround time we can, this was all holiday. And it's like, let's get this out. So I think I just have like a, what really matters is like number one, right? So like regrounding into like, we're all okay. No one's going to die from this. So essentially we're good. I also like, so that's like number one. And then like number two is like solution mode. Okay. So like now that we know we're all going to live, what is like, what can the solution be in this moment? And then the, the third part, which like, I think is like a blessing and a curse is I'm also really good at being like, oh, well, what would I do if this didn't work out? I always like will play out like the full scenario. Smart. So I'll always be like, oh, I'll just like go waitress. Like I loved waitressing. It was great. I'll go waitress <laughs> for like two years and like figure it out and start something new. Like, you know, or I'm like, oh, well, I have my degree, you know, like I'll like go and try and find another graphic design job. And I'll like literally go on job listings and be like, yep, they're available. It's fine. And like, for some reason, like that security for me is like enough for me to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to try again because it, it's either going to work or it's not. And if it doesn't, one, we we're, we're alive. And two, I'll go and do something else. This is, I'm telling you, Nikki, why <laughs> we're like these kindred spirits and connected. Because when I hear you talk, it's literally all the same things, like how I think, how I how, how I am. Um, we had Marie Forleo on the podcast last year, right before the pandemic, she has a book called everything is figure outable. Yeah. And it's so mm-hmm. true. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's just such a common theme with so many entrepreneurs and why we are, we all start our own businesses because we just figure things out and yeah. if something doesn't work. Okay. It's a learning lesson and, and we keep going. So yeah. And you know, I think that's like a really beautiful thing that like you can relate to, like as a parent is like, so, I mean, probably like three times a day. And especially at Coral, my daughter now, like her age four, it's like, she's so independent, trying all these new things. Like things don't work. She's like learning how to deal with like frustration and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're like getting into like tantrums and this and that. And it's, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. It's like, we're safe we're good. And what's like, maybe we have to ride this out, but like, what's the, what can the solution to this be? And then like, what else can we do? Okay. Like we can go eat the popsicle in the bathtub or like, okay, we can go outside and like take a walk. And, uh, you know, I just, try to apply that same mentality. And for me, like I said, like I, and, and probably for you, and I'm sure thousands of other people listening here, like, it's just a part of who we are. And sometimes I think that like, there's so much talk about like work-life balance or like real life and work life. And it's so much of it is just like, entrepreneurship is about just tapping into like who, like your authenticity and like who you actually are. And that means like the lessons that happen in business spill over into like parenting or dating or whatever it is. All right, Nikki, this is a fun segment we do that you had no prep for. We're doing some rapid fire questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I think. What? (laughs) Oh, he's ready. What song would you say best sums you up? Oh gosh, Steph, that's hard. (laughs) This is such a hard question. (gasps) 
No one said entrepreneurship is easy. Podcast interviews now. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Let me open up Spotify and look. Girls just want to have fun. That's like not true. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to this question. Ask me another question. <laughs> All right. Your favorite business tool or solution? Oh, Illustrator. What is your favorite font? Oh, Montserrat. You've lived in both a beach and in a city. Which do you prefer? Beach. But I love visiting the city. How would your friends and family describe you in three words? Defensive, fun, and hardworking. What is the app on your phone that you cannot live without? Oh, man, I like don't want to say Instagram, but I feel like it's Instagram. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm like trying to think of something more productive. I'm like, about, my meditation I have app. one for you. I have one for you. Canva. Canva. Yeah, I do use Canva a lot. And finally, do you have a hidden talent? I'm a really good people reader. I don't know if that's like a hidden talent, but I can like tell super quickly if I'm like, this is going to work or it's not. Hmm. Interesting. I love that. All right. Back to our regular questions. And if you think of the song that sums you up as we're chatting, just I'm like, girls just want to have fun. I'm like, that's not true. (laughs) What does your typical day look like now between balancing running your business? I found, I thought of a song. Wait, I thought of a song. (laughs) Kanye West college dropout. That's me. (laughs) Okay. Erica, when we share this episode, we need to, uh, <laughs> well, we'll play that in the background. <laughs> yeah, college job. All right. Yeah, your typical day. Like, what is life like for you now managing your business? I know right now you're working from home, you know, daughter's in school. What's everything like for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get her off to school and I try to work out each morning. Um, that doesn't always happen, but you know, four out of the seven days of the week, I try to get up, work out. Um, and then typically I'm hopping on to do client work, um, or managing products. I'm working with my assistant on new, new digital products that we're creating. I'm in our community, giving design feedback, podcasting like this. And, um, yeah, just kind of like continuing the brand support. And what inspires you? How do you get your inspiration for all of the creative work that you do? Yeah, so much. I uh, So much insp- inspiration comes from uh, like, I have so many books. So I'm always like peeking in books to see like, what was design like? Like I have so many design books. So like, what was design like, you know, 20 years ago or 40 years ago? Cause this has been around for so long. The other thing is like, sometimes I get inspiration just from like listening to other podcasts and what other people are doing and inspired by their stories or what they have going on. Um, you know, I love like even watching just like trashy TV. Like sometimes I get inspired by that. I'm like, oh yeah. Like so many people are just doing like so many amazing things. And whether that's like on the fashion front or, you know, on this front or that front, like it's, it's, I just draw it from all over. And, and honestly, I think the biggest place is from my clients. Like Mm -hmm. they come to me with their own stories, their own, you know, things that they care about and love and have so much passion about. So they make it really easy. Do you have a favorite mantra or quote that you live your life by, or that defines you? Yeah, I think, um, one quote that I kind of always come back to is, um, 
what got me here will get me there. So mm-hmm. whenever I'm feeling like that unmotivated or, you know, I think about where am I going? Like, what's my vision for, for all of this? What has that been? Okay, well, whatever got me to where I am today is going to be the same thing that's going to get me to that vision. So it's time to like click in and yeah, make it happen. And before we end for today, and obviously I feel like we could just sit and chat for hours because that's what we do on the weekends too. But um, what is, you know, one last essential business tip that you can really share with the entrepreneurial community to, to take home? Yeah, I think the, you know, there's so many women who are just getting started in their business feel like they need to have like the big team and the big budget and bigger reputation and just kind of be at a later stage in their business before they take the time to figure out their vision and figure out their goals. And, you know, a lot of the early stages of running a business is very much flying by the seat of your pants. And that's just the truth, but you don't have to have these big budgets and all that to get your brand strategy together. um, And to at least create a first round of where you're going. Like we've got the brand strategy blueprint. We'll help you do that. Walk you through it step-by-step so you can have a full brand strategy kit. Um, Same for the brand identity. You don't have to invest thousands with a designer or a strategist to do that. If you're not ready for it yet, you can do that all at a very low ticket, you know, price with brand identity breakthrough. So don't get caught up feeling like you have to be somewhere that you're not before you can start to experience success, before you can start to connect with your dream clients. All of that can happen in so many different ways. I could not agree more. I'm so glad you you made that point and shared that because it, it is accessible and you make it so easy and accessible for everyone. So we will definitely be sharing all of those, all of those links everywhere. So people can connect with you and find you. Uh, Nikki, my final question, what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Being an entrepreneurista for me means freedom and being able to make, you know, empowered uh, decisions about my family, about my life and, Uh, that don't come from like, you know, desperation. Like I just got to figure it out. They very much come from a place of empowerment and of, of like, I, I know that I can do this. And so, yeah, for me, it's like that. (laughs) Nikki, where can everyone find you and follow you? And of course, uh, look into buying all of your products and tools and solutions that you have. Yeah. So the easiest way is, um, NikkiArnsman.com. We've got a shop tab there, which will take you over to our full shop that has all of our different products in there. Um, we're going to have a 10% off uh, discount code. Put that, that'll be in the show notes, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so you can use that on any of the products that are in the shop. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nikki Arnsman. Those are the two main places. Nikki, thank you so much for being here and sharing your incredible entrepreneurista journey and story. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entrepreneurista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entrepreneurista's. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league.
We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.